Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. Seahawk, it is our commitment to you that you have complete access to the top professionals, industry experts, and products for your fire service. We stand by the service and products we provide. We are proud of our past, and we are constantly listening to our customers and exploring new ways to bring better options to the fire service. This is Seahawk. High level, safety, service, security. Please visit our website at www.seahawkservice.ca or give us a call at 1-888-791-4210. All right, season three, the Maritime Tour. Here I am in Kingston, Nova Scotia with none other than Watson Armstrong, Fire Chief. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you, Jamie? I'm really good. Thanks uh, for making the time this afternoon. Not I a problem. kind of launched this one on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. We were talking about it as we were driving over. It's quite a few years now since we met. Uh, I'm not too sure how many years, yeah, but when we went to Slave Lake. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then we got to come here and, and see your place. And yep. and there's so many things here in this fire hall that uh, when I came to Nova Scotia, I said to Kirsten, had my list, right? Here's all the people, <laughs> right? Some people probably turned me down. That's okay. But you certainly didn't. You just said, yes, we'll, we'll record it. Let's do it. So I appreciate that. Well, let's start with this. We were just back and forth messaging maybe a couple weeks ago about your upstairs room. Yep. And so because we can start wherever we want, let's start there. Sure. I remember the first time that I came here, we went upstairs and I was really impressed. You got a beautiful fire hall, everything's clean, everything in its place. And then we went upstairs to this cool, what do we call it? The club room, yeah. the, the club room. Club room. There was so much history hit me all at once that I almost fell over. <laughs> right. And so I don't want to steal all your thunder. I, I want you to tell us a little bit about that room and kind of some of the history that lives in that room. We've got a lot of photographs from the good old days. Probably the biggest thing up there that has actually gone through, this will be the third fire station that it's been in, and it's the pool table. Like I said, it's been in three different stations, been transferred, and I assume this will be the last station that it'll be in. But but it's, uh, it's not that we, we use it a lot, but it's uh, unique by every stretched i'm not 100 sure how old it is right but uh, is it a brunswick by chance i think it is it is it's a, all like the, oak and it's got big spindles school. on it. oh yes yeah Love some of the so much some of the we had a, a company come down to put a new top on it and uh they wanted to buy it of course but we we didn't even entertain yeah. it so at some point why would you bother sure. right it's kind of there's a lot of history in there if that pool table could talk Ooh, no? <laughs> maybe it's good it can't. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we were here, there was also, uh, you had a bunch of musical instruments around the different places. Yep. And yep. so this place gets rocking once in a while? Occasionally, not so much now. This COVID, uh, and I just don't think that that we will ever see it back the same as it used to be. We actually ended up shutting the, the upstairs down for obvious reasons with COVID. Right, um, yeah. And it's still with us. You know, we don't know where we're going to head in the future, 
with masks and all that. So we'll wait and see. Yeah, it's tough. Well, yeah. we're in the process right now of, of doing some renovations upstairs, getting some things together and doing some paint schemes and, and maybe some murals on some walls. And uh, nice. it's sort of in the, in the process. It's kind of what we were talking about because uh, you remembered some stuff that you'd seen in Slave Lake you yeah. liked. And so I don't even know if I told you this, but I sent you the second round of pictures, yes. which was from our old fire hall. Okay. And so that was, uh, we got this art teacher, Helen Gall, to come in and she had her grade nine kids. So she kind of sketched it all out, told them what to do. And then day after day, she would bring this art class over and they turned it into the the mural that I sent you. And so it really got me nostalgic and thinking about that because they're about to tear that all down. Oh, are they? Um, our old fire hall, the ambulance folks bought it and they're going to turn it into a big ambulance station. So there, there's really no way to convince them to leave a bunch of fire trucks on their wall, yeah, right? Yeah, so really. they went and took some really good high quality photos and they thought they could maybe turn that into some pictures or some wallpaper okay. that they okay. could apply. And when we started talking about that, and then of course, cause that's how my brain works, Kirsten and I started talking about all of the cool club rooms and all of the cool social rooms that we've seen and the different ideas. And, you know, everyone's busy trying to not copy someone else, I think I spent my whole life being busy trying to copy people, right? If I saw something I really loved, why wouldn't I try to sure. right, mimic it and, sure. and build it? And so I think in Slave Lake, the upstairs there was a replica of 15 different fire departments and things <laughs> we'd seen, right? So when you reached out and you were talking about that, I was like, hey, that's cool. He's going to you know, think of this and figure it out. And that's where you get, you know, I, I, visiting Slave Lake at the CVFSA, that's where, of course, we've seen it. And uh, going to different stations, you see different things. And I certainly don't mind mimicking because it's, I think it's cool. I'm like you, you know, why not use that? You know, make yeah. make the room ours. Sort of. And how can you think of everything? Sure. Right? Yeah. So if you see 10 things you like, yeah. and, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I visit probably more fire halls than most, and I see that. Like, we're not all inventing everything. No. Right? But I do, at every fire hall I go to, I almost see one thing or two things that someone else doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. Or I was out on PEI, and I saw a couple of these things that attach to a ladder to give you a platform. So you put your roof ladder up and then this thing attaches to the beam of it and sticks out. Okay. And I don't know how, I think they called it a quick step or something. I'd never seen one of those before. Maybe they don't sell that out where I yeah, am. And, yeah. and so they, you know, I made them take it all out and show me how it works. <laughs> um, but those teaching moments are the ones, you know, I could think of how I would use that thing. Mm. Sure. Hundreds of different times in my career, right? And so, you know, yours sticks in my mind. I, I love live music, so it's stuck in my mind that you guys did yep. that from time to time here. And so that was neat. And and then just that connection. I think that's the part that I love the most about growing up fire and all the connections and, you know, forcing myself to get out there and see more fire halls was that I get to talk to guys like you from across the country. Sure all the time, right? And so that's why you popped to my mind when I was like, all right, let's see what he's up to, right? <laughs> so we were just talking and you just told me that you've been in the fire service for 46 years now. Yes, yeah. That's a long time, man. It is, yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's certainly different today than it was when I first joined. We had roll-up boots and three-quarter length coats that we purchased at the local military uh, war surplus. But we did the job, and 
thoroughly enjoyed it. We never thought anything about it. That was cool. That's what we did. And yeah. 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 And not only like did the job, but like you, you had to go to lots of big fires. And I mean, the apparatus you have today is nothing like the apparatus oh. you had back then. Uh, we, we, you know, air packs, we never wore air packs to a car fire or anything. We, that's just how things evolved and changed. Right. But we just didn't didn't feel it was necessary. Right. Put yeah. it that way. Yeah. What uh, do you remember? What kind of air packs you were using back then? Old Scotts. The old yep. Scott two A. Two A. The trunk yep. and the yep. yeah. We we're we were talking about that last night in Lunenburg, right? How you could uh, take the trunk and shove it in your coat and really yep. save some air. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not such a great idea yep. that, but uh, yeah, we did all those things, eh? And the helmets, remember how thin the helmets were? And <laughs> Do you remember any of the fires back from those old early days where, is there any that really stick in your mind? We had a lot of barn fires, really nothing that really sticks in my mind. I joined shortly after we had, a, the, our mall had burnt, totally burnt, and I joined shortly after that. That would be probably one of the biggest calls at that time, 46 years ago. Yeah. Or not 46, yeah, yeah, 46 years ago. But it was, uh, no, that's scary, 46 years, wow. <laughs> when you say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had a lot of barn fires and you'd pitch hay, you, you know, you never had an excavator come in. You know, you might have lucky to get a backhoe, but you pitched hay with a pitchfork and that was a lot of work, you know. But again, it was fun, you know, you enjoyed it, you know. Yeah, we you know last night we talked a lot about that and, and it seems like every talk now gets more and more like that, right? They bring in all the rules and they bring all the and, and it's kind of that double-edged sword. It's I'm happy because it makes firefighter safety more prevalent and and better, but it's not like we were killing firefighters every day back then and oh. that we were just so unsafe they had to do something to yeah. us, right? Yeah. So, I I don't know about that. So when you first started, let's let's go back 46 years ago, right? Do you remember why you started or how you got involved? Actually, friends of mine were in the fire department. And I said, well, you know, come on out, come on out, come on out. And, of course, I did. And, of course, then becomes, you know, the, quote, brotherhood. And, and once you're a firefighter, you're always a firefighter. It doesn't matter where you are yeah. or what you're doing. You still are a firefighter. And we still have that here. But that's how I joined. You know, my friends, actually my best man was in the fire department and he was one probably that, that uh, convinced me to join. And the mall had burned at that time. And, uh, you know, that's kind of cool. You see all the, yeah. you know, all the firefighters there. And, and, I should uh, do that. Yeah. It'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we all get drug in somehow, some yeah. way like that, right? Yeah. So you start coming to the fire practice and, and then your life starts to evolve, right? You know, your wife needs more time and your kids need more time and you're... The only good thing, I was a firefighter before I got married. So she knew what she was getting into. <laughs> Did she? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what really changed is, is when, you know, when the kids came along, you couldn't devote all the time. I still did. And I was able to do that because I worked for my dad's at the business and and uh, uh, my brother and I actually he was a he was in the department as well. Okay, nice. he put twenty seven years in, but he uh, only twenty seven, eh? Yeah, only twenty seven. Quitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, today I think fifteen years will be a huge milestone for a firefighter. Today, you're not going to see fifty and sixty years anymore. No, e even over here, like Nova Scotia is a special place. Like I was in a room last night and I started at twenty five. 
30, 35, 40, 40. I got all the way to 58 before I had to stop. Yep. So 58 years is longer than the old fire department I was with has been around, mm. right? The city that I'm with now, you know, that fire department's only been around a dozen years in its current form, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, to come out here and hear those numbers and, you know, you're in places that the fire service been around since the 1800s. Yep. It's hard to wrap your head it around is. it totally, yeah. right? Uh, out where I am, I'm a 32-year guy. That's a that's a big number. It's like, holy man, you're, yeah. you know, you'll end up making it into the 40s and, and 50s probably. Oh my, hopefully not. But <laughs> the... Uh, but out here, that's, you know, you're just another number. And, and these guys are riding the truck and going to calls and oh, you know, absolutely. answering the page. And... Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, we've got older gentlemen here, firefighters that are here, and they get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. They come out. You know, there's a place for them. Yes, they're not on the front line. Yes, they're not driving the trucks. But they're here. They wash the trucks when they come back. They help do this. They help do that. Two o'clock in the morning. Still you know, part of everything. Absolutely. Right? That's the, yeah. and, and it's nice to have them around and, and tell those stories and, and kind of remember where you came from and, yeah. and remember where you're supposed to be going with all of this. So, you know, those parts, I love it. In your family, there's a few firefighters have come and gone. Yeah. My, uh, my dad was never a firefighter, but he was on the fire commission. My brother and I, he's, he's my twin. We joined at the same, roughly the same time. My son was in the fire service here. He was deputy chief. He's in the, he's a paramedic. He's left the country. He's over in Doha. Oh, wow. Yeah. Actually, he's in Nova Scotia now. He's on his way back here tomorrow for, oh. for a couple of months. They actually shut the, the university down that he's teaching at for the FIFA soccer, world soccer. Oh, because they needed all the rooms. Yeah, they needed all the rooms. And the, yeah. So he got booted home. Yeah. <laughs> And I have a daughter that uh, was in the fire service, and I have my son-in-law was in the fire service. So, yeah. Yeah, it's family business for yeah, sure for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's nice. I mean, it's a, it's a chance for you all to spend some more time together yep. that you maybe wouldn't get, right? I'm going to go ahead and guess your wife's been uh, instrumental in many, many things in many, many ways over the years, helping set up events. And Oh, yes. <laughs> she was in the auxiliary for a, sh for a period of time. I'm not too sure how much. But again, with work. And with the children, now she retired, and uh, she's actually a county councilor for Kings County now. Has oh, been wow, for okay. six or seven years or something. Yeah, yeah. So she's got her thing. You got your thing. Yeah. So I have to watch what I say <laughs> <laughs> because they fund us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's so, uh, as well as she has to watch what she says to me. So yeah, which is maybe a good thing. Eh? Yeah. And you just don't talk about that. We just thing. don't talk about it. <laughs> Kirsten and I used to be like that too, you know, she'd work for the town and, and be the HR and health and safety person and I was the fire chief and so there was just a lot of subjects that were taboo at home, right? We didn't talk about it. We just, we be honest with you, we do not talk fire department at home. Yeah. You know. Why not, right? Why would you want to? It, it just yeah. uh, makes it fussy. Yeah. All right, back to the early days of firefighting. You talked about the long coats and the roll-down boots and the, and the trucks. A little earlier, you talked about riding the back of the truck, right? I miss that. I don't know about you. but It was, I don't miss it when it's minus 30. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, it was, you know, we used, to, we used to hold the guys on while they finished putting their turnout gear on. You'd wrap their arms around, grab the, the bars, yeah. and uh, they'd they put their jackets on because we were out the door. Yeah. You know, uh, 
but nobody nobody got hers no what well, uh, and i don't think we were doing the speeds maybe no. that you know they would always talk in slave lake about the there was the bar and then the leather belts that came yeah. off the bar we'd have to hook on and everyone you know they'd give us the lecture about make sure you're buckled on yeah. and and then as soon as the lecture was over, they'd start talking about the time that the bar actually fell off the truck and all four firefighters <laughs> fell off, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, but no one got hurt and, yeah. and it was fine. I think they hit the train tracks or something and it busted everyone off. And yeah, I mean, we, I can remember driving down the highway hundred kilometers an hour with just that yellow bar holding mm-hmm. us into the back of the cab and, and the cold, oh, the bitter cold, right? Yeah trying to put your air mask on and, and get it uh, ready for the fire while you're driving down minus 30. And, and driving to the from home to the fire station with your head out the window because you're, your windshield's covered nice. <laughs> <laughs> but we did it. You know, yeah, it, it, that's right. And and quite frankly, we probably still do it. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah, the trucks get uh, bigger and fancier and more expensive, but uh, they just still do the same job, right? Yeah. It's kind of cool because when you first started, would there have been one truck or two here? There was a tanker and a small little four-wheel drive and uh, an engine. Right. Yeah. And now you got an aerial and a couple engines yeah. and tanker. And Air rescue, heavy rescue. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it really changes. You, you actually almost have to think about what would it be like in another 50 years, right? I don't know if I want to know that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we won't have to worry. But uh. I, I think I, I've always said it, you know, with technology today, you know, who would have thought five years ago that we would be using, not we, uh, electric fire trucks? You know, who would think that? Yeah. So where are we going to be in five years' time or even 10 years' time? Or are we going to have the firefighters to do the job? Yeah. That's becoming a real recruitment and retention. Always has been and always will be. An issue. Let's talk about that because you know, 46 years ago, your buddy just said, "Hey, you should join the fire department." You did. You were happy to join and and uh, impressed to get on. And yep. and today we got to go looking and begging for people to come and give me some TSN turning points. Where do you think that you know this all kind of changed? When did people stop thinking this was an awesome thing to do? I think we have, we have people that will join. And they don't really realize what's involved. And, and you can talk to them and you say, this is what it's going to be like. And, you know, and it's like training. You know, you can go out, and I call it playing cowboys and Indians. But until you actually go in that house fire with heat and your adrenaline's going, and it's totally different. And some people don't like that. Yeah. They say, oh, this isn't really for me. You're faking Or they it, don't uh... understand the commitment that's involved once you get here. The worst of it, and I don't, I don't ever like to use the word volunteer, because the only thing we do is we volunteer to join the organization. After that, we have to do this, 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 and this, and we're expected to do this, 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 and this. Exactly. And we are the go-to people. We can mobilize quickly. Uh, and typically, we have a, a broad membership that somebody knows something about something. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of times we're not professional at, at that, but uh, somebody usually knows something about something that, and, and we get the job done. 
but of course yeah i mean that's that background piece right yeah firefighters are plumbers yeah. welders yep. electricians yep. right carpenters yep. they um usually good with their hands yep. right quick to decide something and and so that part i think is why everyone calls us mm -hmm. and probably also why we sadly say yes to everything right and that 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 <laughs> you just sort of hit the nail on the head that we don't say no yeah we don't say yeah no. and we should i think you know Maybe some of that is the recruitment and retention piece is we just take it all on. Mm -hmm. You know, they call us up and say, hey, we got to set up for a banquet. Can you guys help us? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hey, we, we need a couple security guards to watch over this. Was, oh, okay. Yep. Right? Hey, there's this a big fundraiser going on. Do you think you guys could help us? Yeah, okay. Right? I remember one. I think I have a, a medal, leftover medal from it. You guys used to run a 5K or a 10K or whatever yep. it was. You know, so there's another event set up by the fire service you know we fundraise money and yeah sure we use some of it here but we give a lot to other people right yeah and so it's just it's kind of a it's a bit of a take place right take 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 yeah. you take your time yeah so it's tough no doubt about it so i think there's a few tsn turning points in all of that right but for me i would say that if i look back it really changed about 20 years ago when a lot of the health and safety you know, it came in and it said, okay, now you don't have a choice. You have to train to this. Or it had been kind of the early 2000s. And uh, all of a sudden it's like, here's the minimum standards and here's what you have to do. And the gear has to be changed out. And, and again, I'm not saying I disagree with any of yep, it. That's right. It makes firefighters safe, but it also is a huge time commitment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You think my timeline's right? I think we're. Yeah, I think you are. And again, I don't know where it's going to be and who knows next year. Yeah. Even. That's right. Yeah. yeah, well, COVID just about toppled the whole thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You, you can't get together and train. Nope. Uh-oh, right? How are we going to meet our minimums and train new firefighters? And and then people find out that there's life outside of practice night. That was a scary piece, Yep. right? Because now they're like, well, hey, there's a show I like that night, and my kid has a sport they play that night, and, you know. I'm not going to lie. Quite frankly, it was... It was... <laughs> It was almost a pleasure because you didn't hold meetings. You held meetings on Zoom. Uh, you were home a lot. You know, we, had, we couldn't train. Uh, we obviously still had to do emergency calls. But it was almost a nice, relaxing, just sort of, ah, sort of thing. <laughs> and, uh, and now it's sort of ramping up a little bit, but it's not like going full speed the way it was three years ago. 100%, yeah. And, and I think maybe they call it the Great Reset. Right, where we all took a step back and said, what's actually important here, right? Yep. Do we have to practice one night a week, every week, and then plus a weekend or two, and plus we'll do these events? And, you know, so I, I don't disagree that we needed a bit of a reset. I just wonder how far back it put us and then how far we build back to where we were because mm -hmm. i think we were doing too much yeah i think we were. you know as a service yeah. as a yeah. as a group of people yeah. so now you know you get all these leaders and we're sitting around going well we don't want it like it was it's maybe a bit slow the way it is but where's that sweet spot in the middle right yeah because there's lots of things i think about the fire service that we love it's why we do it every day it's why we keep coming back there's a few things we don't like like let's call a spade a spade politics nobody in the fire service loves politics that's right none of us love meetings nope. right but you know how far back so you know for me i didn't love 
online meetings. I didn't love any of that stuff. I didn't. It takes the personal side out of it. The only good thing about a Zoom meeting or a, a virtual meeting, you tend not to go sideways. You tend to stick with your agenda. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, the meetings are shorter. Uh, but again, you take that personal side because there's always after the meeting, you know, you always sit around and chat, of course. And, you know, and find out what's going on here, there. And, and, uh, so I liked it that part, but again, it's, uh, I don't like two and three hour meetings. No. It, and it's a tough gig. I, you know, I, this podcast, I just made a rule when I started and it's my own, so I can make my own rules. And, and that was that I was only going to do in-person interviews, mm -hmm. which lots of times is too bad. Cause I, I mean, I so many great people across this country that would, you know, jump on and sure. do it over, over internet and things like that. But, uh, I, I love to be able to sit here and we can see each other's faces and we can kind of play off each other and, and work it up. Whereas, uh, online, it's always like, you're always waiting for your turn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, and then when you're waiting for your turn with 45 other people, it can get a bit tough, right? So I'd be happy to put those behind us. I think we learned a lot and, you know, about a lot of things, the medical side of the business and, and uh, how we were going to handle those kind of pandemic things. But I'm, I'd be happy if it was gone. I I'm with, I'm with you there. Well, so let's switch and let's talk about call types. 46 years ago, you went to fires. Yep. That's what you did. We didn't do medicals. There was, I, I shouldn't say we didn't do medicals. Very, very seldom would you ever do a medical. You may go car accident or something, but as far as medicals go. Yeah. Well, and even car accidents back then. I mean, the vehicles were so big and oh, so tough. Yeah. We were going so much slower. Slower. There were so many less vehicles on the road. They weren't as big as crazy and dangerous as yeah. they are today, yeah. right? You didn't have to run a weekend course or a two weekend course on the dangerous parts of a car that could kill you as a firefighter, <laughs> right? You know, my first electric vehicle uh, seminar I went to and they're like, yeah, well, just don't cut the orange wire and everything will be fine. And then everything you opened, there was an orange wire. It, they were everywhere. Yeah. And it was like, so I don't understand the whole course then. Like, basically, we don't cut anywhere. <laughs> the first time I had taken a course that was FDIC in Indianapolis, and it was the same thing. Excellent seminar, but it's almost scary. Like, you know, what, what do I do? What do I do? And we've had a couple here since that. But we've, knock on wood, we've never had a serious electric car fire. We've had a couple accidents but nothing really that's it's, uh, uh, yeah but it's coming right oh, i sure. mean it's... those tourists that come out here in the summer that's who drives those cars yep. Yep. <laughs> and so uh, right. as more and more charging stations pop up more and more people will bring those and, and yep. come and do that right so and then all the other call types right like hazardous materials 40 years ago was gas leaked out of the sure. car yeah right yep. like uh, chimney fires. Yeah, right on, yeah. We used to have a lot, a lot of chimney fires. And with education and appliances are so much more efficient, you just don't have them anymore. Yeah, a lot of those chimneys have been lined or yep. replaced with something that's, uh, you know, double-walled. And, yeah, those were those were cool, right? You could go up there, pull the cap off. That yep. was usually on fire. Yeah. Drop your extinguisher ball or some water down there and yep. put the thing out. And, yeah, I remember one guy in Slave Lake, he had two the base actually underneath the fireplace caught on fire both times. So, you know, it was improperly installed, right? He just kept saying, like, I can't believe this keeps happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> and we were thinking, well, we can kind of understand why. Right? We uh, 
we used to have years ago, we used to have people that we would clean their chimney for them because they made sure that the that the uh, chimney caught on fire and we would come clean their chimney for them. That's that's how they clean it. Yeah. <laughs> Let it catch yeah. on fire. <laughs> you could almost bet that you were going to go to a particular place to yeah. chimney fire. Yeah. So just as easy to go there and clean it. Yeah. And skip the hassle. Yeah. And- Acres Emergency Vehicles, a message from our community. A person who is risking his or her life to save the lives and properties of others deserves something as reliable as an Acres Emergency Vehicle. This is our mission, to thank these people with the best gift we can, our best effort. Our commitment includes a firefighter-driven design, manufacturing integrity, personal and professional service. We are here to serve. We guarantee personal and professional service every step of the way. Acres Emergency Vehicles, built for a life of service. Please visit our website at www.acresev.ca. All right, let's uh, let's get out into the bay there. Man, you got uh, some of the nicest trucks, black over red. My personal favorite. So you, you hear me talk about that all the yeah. time. <laughs> um, some beautiful trucks from from a lot of different manufacturers, right? Lots of different kinds. But one of my favorite trucks is no truck at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's talk about your uh, your golf cart turned fire truck a little bit. Why don't you explain that to us? I had it. It was mine originally, and I had done it up more or less for a fire truck as a, a bit of a, just a winter project. And I thought, well, you know, this is, why don't we just use it in the fire department? So the fire department bought the cart from me and, and we just sort of went from there. Seriously looking at maybe doing a little bit of a change on it this winter so we can uh, use it. It's, we use it for parades. We use it for fire prevention. Again, the COVID thing sort of shot that yeah, for a couple of years, but down. it's looking at doing some, a refit, I guess. Okay. Make it look a little different. So stay tuned. See, yeah, what, it, stay tuned. see what it looks like. Stay tuned. Maybe it gets a black over red paint <laughs> job redo. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice kids love it, though. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They prefer that over the fire truck. Is that right? Oh, so yeah. they'll go to that, even though there's Especially a... Especially if you put Sparky in the seat. Yeah. Um, yeah, they don't care about fire truck. They just... They love this. They love Sparky, and they love the the. So they just want to go for a ride with him and see what's going yeah. on, and yeah, oh, I love it. Yeah. So you brought it up. You said Sparky. So now it's your fault. We get to talk about uh, your fire hall. It's I I love it. It's kind of this blank wooded space in between two main roads, and you built your fire hall right in the middle. You're kind of by yourself here, tucked away in the woods, and the street leading here is called what? Sparky Street. <laughs> <laughs> And that was picked by, we actually put a, a uh, it was a bit of a contest to our, we have two schools, a middle school and an elementary school, and we put it to the kids to name the street. We had chosen, we had, I don't remember, 10 or 12 different names, but Soda Sparky was the ultimate winner. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's so cool. Like, and, and it's like legitimately Sparky Street. You go out there, there's a regular street yeah. sign that says Sparky yeah. Street. And we all had to go and stand underneath of it and take <laughs> our picture. And I'm sure we're not the only firefighters that do that. But yeah, this this is a really nice spot. How, how did you pick this spot for your fire hall? It was really the only piece of land that was available in the village for that, for this. So we, they they bought the whole property and then they put the road in. 
and all, of course the, the sewer and water and stuff. So we're the only one on the street. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it works good. The only good thing or bad thing, we're tucked away. Right. So when we have an open house, we either have to advertise. It's not on a a busy street. Right. You can't just drag them in no. off the road. No. Or you guess you can, but you got to go yeah. out there. Got to go out there and do it. And bring them in. But I mean, once they get here, it's a big, beautiful oh, yeah. spot with yeah. lots of space yeah. and yeah. nice big fire hall. When, when you first built this fire hall, obviously it wasn't full rate to capacity the day that uh, you built it. <laughs> we actually have pictures of the grand opening. And people would come in and say, what in the world would you ever build a hall this big for? And so we're sort of planning for the future. And our commission, seen that forward thinking and did that, now it's full. Like, yeah. Trucks are bigger, you say. Yeah. You know, trucks are bigger. They're obviously more expensive, but they're certainly a lot bigger than what they were. And I guess the whole point of asking you that is like there's a whole bunch of people that are out there trying to build fire halls right now. And you can't just go build a monster. But when you think about it, what you paid to build this fire hall back then, this size compared to what you would have to pay today. What we paid, this will be 27 years old, and what we paid was just a bit over a million dollars. It'd be 10. And that was, for the, <laughs> that was for the land and building the road and everything. So yeah, it would be probably 10. You think of the investment, mm. the savings that you yep. had there, right? Yep. I'm sure 27 years ago, a million dollars was a hard pill to swallow. Oh, yes. But when you think about it, you guys were all geniuses. To build it this big at that time, and grow into it because now you've saved your community millions and oh, millions absolutely. of dollars by yeah. having that. Yeah. And and this station will do us for my duration anyway. Yeah. Um, and you have enough space if you ever do have to Oh yeah, add we on, could build can... we could build on. In fact, on one end, we had actually put a bigger steel beam in to allow that we can do oh, that. Okay. Again, that forward thinking of our community. <laughs> 27 years ago, you were already thinking someday, yep. right? And and here you are, fast forward to someday. I think you just told me that you've been the chief here now for 21 years. Yeah. 21 years. Yeah. How many deputies have come and gone in 21 years? Actually, the deputy, when I became chief, the same deputy is the same deputy today. No way. Yeah. So you're the dynamic. Duo. We had, we had. My son was a deputy, but we had two deputies at the time. Now okay. we ju we just have one deputy. Okay. Yeah. And so you two have just been a tandem team running yep. this thing for 21 years. Yep. That's so awesome! Holy yep. smokes! So we're also talking. You you uh, retired from work. I did. Right. And so this is a story I always love to hear of every single person that uh, retires from work. And what did that do to your time at the fire station? Increased it. <laughs> Well, I, I shouldn't say increased it. Well, yeah, probably, but but it allows me to do things that I have to do in the evenings or weekends. But it still allows me to do a lot. My my little list I have it not little list. My little my your retirement my list job at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was telling you, my dad told me that the the busiest job he ever had was being retired. Yeah. So. You know, I, I could see that. But it's a common story and a common theme that when the people retire from their job, it just actually means that they come to the fire hall more and yep. can spend more time doing the things they love. And, and uh, you know, what did you say earlier? It's your hobby. It becomes a hobby. Right? Yes. Yeah. So instead of going to find a bunch of other things, the fire department kind of becomes your, you can stop and hang out. You can have a coffee with your friends. There's always something to clean. There's always something to do and tidy up and... So let's talk a little bit about the fire service. And here in Nova Scotia, I, I find it to be so curious. 
I'll wake up most mornings and because we're three hour time difference, you guys are up and rolling, you're through coffee and breakfast and, and got your day. And I start to read about the house fire and I read, I go up the list and there's 14 different fire departments that sent a tanker or a truck or, right. And I start to think to myself, how can they be so lucky to have that kind of working group everywhere in Nova Scotia? We have a tremendous mutual aid system. Um, and we actually developed oh, some time ago an automatic aid. So on a confirmed structure, we get we know exactly what we're getting. Sometimes it's more than what we need. It's nice to have them there. I'd sooner have them there and do nothing than have them not there and hope and wish they were there. Right. Better to be on the side of the road and high five and go, we got this one, than to be like, there's no one to high five. <laughs> because, uh, you know, our, our neighboring departments, if we get a call, I will guarantee you that they have a scanner and they jump because they figure they're going anyway. So they get up at a bit in uh, the middle of the night and go down to their station and get their gear on and they're raring to go. And start to get ahead and start to get going. Another cool piece here. Cool piece, maybe not so cool, depends who you talk to, but is that uh, you're grouped together. So the, the province came years ago, I guess, and kind of grouped different uh, towns and counties and municipalities together. So here in Kingston, how many of you are grouped together? How many different fire departments? We have our neighboring department. You mean for our mutual aids? Yeah. Ours would be, we have four in our Actually, five in our group okay. that would be like would, super close. Come, yes, come to anything you yeah. ask them, and yeah. okay, and then you can access outside of that yeah. dozens of other ones yeah. that that come, yeah. and then your fire service here locally is run by a commission. We have a fire commission. Yeah. Okay, so tell us a little bit about that. They're an elected body. Um, I think they're eight of them. Uh, they have a, a chairman and a vice chair. They are our financial. We put the budgets together with them. As far as Kinks and Fire Department, we own absolutely nothing, other than maybe a TV and a couch and chair upstairs right, yeah. in the room. But other than that, our fire commission owns the building the and building the trucks. That, and there's yeah, a, yeah. Any assets that are there, that's, that's them. They're responsible for equipment. They're, you know, and, and any money that comes from our counties goes to them. We don't, we don't see it. Right. Okay. So you go out on a call and charge for it. It all goes back. It goes to the, back to our fire commission. And and that commission takes care of how many fire departments? Just ours. Oh, it's just the Kingston Fire Department. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. um, so instead of having to go to council and and deal with them, yeah. you deal with the commission, and then they deal with council and and all the other commissions, yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I didn't realize they were elected. That's kind of cool. So during the municipal election, then they would every every year they. They have, must be nine. Every year, you have a three-year term. Okay. So you're not, so every year you're replacing three of them. Okay. So there's always some continuation yes. of the yeah. projects that are going on. And so then as fire chief, you deal directly with this commission. Yes. You never have to go up to the big show and, and see the council or... We have and we do, yeah. uh, but it would be rare. Yeah. Um, now, again, that may change. We're in discussion now with with our uh, fire advisory council or committee um, through council, we meet uh, quarterly, okay. which is all the chiefs uh, meet with, with council members of council and uh, discuss different things. It could be funding. It could be, you know, 
yeah. got an agenda and everybody yeah. just, so it's their chance to ask you questions. Absolutely. You they are the liaison between council and the fire service. Okay. It's kind of a nice way to do it. It works well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You get to just really focus on firefighting yeah. and, and you don't have to kind of deal with the other things. Yeah. All right. Fire service, 46 years. Let's talk a little bit about the good, the bad, the ugly. What? Uh, let's start with your favorite pieces of the fire service. I guess the gratitude at the end of the day that you've done and helped people. Sometimes, you know, when you arrive on scene as, as chief in my vehicle, I get yelled at, I get screamed at, I just, at the end of the day, they will come up and apologize. And I said, that, that's, you know, and I said, well, you know, we're, we have a, a method how we do things. We just don't jump. And, that's right, yeah. And our biggest error, my, my thing is, a lot of people watch a lot of TV shows with fire service and they expect us to be the same as that. Well, that's not so. That's not how it works. A hundred percent, not how it works. So yeah. it, it's, uh, I guess, really the gratitude, you know, at the end of the day with the firefighters, you know, we do a good job, you know, pat, pat ourselves on the back. Nobody will pat us on the back. No, that's it. And we're our worst enemy in a lot of ways. We beat ourselves up bad. <laughs> we very seldom pat ourselves on the back, but I try. Yeah. That's what we try. It's a tough one, right? You got to be your own best cheerleader. Yep. But we don't like to be cheerleaders. Yep. <laughs> I know I know that uh, you used to be a deputy chief in Middleton or in uh, Lawrencetown. Where I think you're going there tomorrow. Yep. Uh, and he owns a funeral service in uh, in Middleton actually. And I can remember him saying to us one time, we, we were at a call and he said, you know, don't beat yourselves up. He said, you get called to a bad thing and you try to mitigate that and make that into a good thing. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah. Sometimes it can't be a good thing, right? Someone passes away, somebody's seriously injured. and We've and, done our best. We did what we could do. At the end of the day, we, we did and we tried to make it a good thing, but so and as you know, sometimes when you arrive on scene, you know it's not going to be a good thing. We didn't cause it, though, That's right? right? That's, That's right. The, the big piece of yeah. all of that. Yeah. What are some uh, frustrating pieces? What are some things along the way that uh, kind of happened that you wish didn't happen or you wondered about or you had any of those kind of things? Not right offhand, I don't think. No? There's nothing that sticks in your mind? I know for me, I was always found it frustrating to try and explain my budget, right? And so not, not that I don't mind having to explain it, but you're trying to explain it and teach it, I guess, to people that uh, they don't have the same background as you. And so I think some of like your fire commission, wh why it seems interesting to me is that you have people on there that year over year, are they're just talking about the fire service. So, I mean, obviously they would run for that because they're interested. They would stay on there because they're interested in the fire service. Um, you know, versus the politicians who are your, you know, 10% of all of the things that they're trying to figure out. And and I think that always, I don't know if it hurt my feeling or what, but it was hard to put up with that year over year. We have a good relationship with our commission. We set a budget together. And I've heard it so many times that, and as you know, the taxpayers love the firefighters. And they say, if you guys need more money, you need more money. You don't ask for anything that you don't really need. And they say, if it's for the fire service, we're all for it. We're going to do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it is true, right? I mean, the haters got to hate, so there'll always be someone on Facebook upset about it. But at the end of the day, I think they've come to trust us that uh, we only ask for what we need, yeah. right? And this year is is going to be challenging. As you know, prices have just skyrocketed, whether it's trucks or turnout gear. Uh, it's just, it's. I don't know where it's going to stop. And we still have to supply the protection to our firefighters, to our ratepayers, our taxpayers. We're obliged to do that. Yeah. You know, and it, you know some places you can cut, some you can't. Here, here the diesel still got to go in the tank, right? The repairs still got to get done. Yeah. There was a, a guy, his uh, son was in Toronto fire, and he just lives up here not too far away. And he called me and wanted to know if his son and his grandson could come down and have a station tourist. Sure. So I met them here. And uh, the little guy, I think he might have been three or four. I think the father was more, his eyes were just huge. He said, do you realize that your gear is far better than what we have in the city of Toronto? I said, you got to remember, we're not paid. All your money, a lot of your money goes to wages. That's that's huge. 85% of our budgets. Yeah. And we don't get paid. You know, we just do it for the love of doing it. Yeah. So uh, if we had to pay, if the province of Nova or Kings County, or really the province of Nova Scotia had to pay for fire service protection, I don't know how you do. I it. don't know how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big. It's a big commitment and it's a huge cost. No, yeah. we we talk about that all the time, right? Once it goes to full time, the money all gets diverted from trucks and equipment, and you know, and then that that Toronto firefighter has to realize too that they're going to you know, 5,000 calls a year instead of 300 calls a year. And uh, I mean, the scale is incredibly different, right? Yeah. But at the same time, they also have like, what's the super city of Toronto? Maybe 5 million people worth of taxpayers to collect from. Sure. Right. So you can't compare it there either. And, and I think we get that all the time. You don't even find the guys that I work with sometimes start to complain about stuff and say, hey, come on, you know, it, it's your job. You get to, you have the greatest job in the world. You get to be a firefighter and people pay you to be a firefighter. We actually have a job where, you know, millions of people in the world volunteer to do this job and we actually get paid for it. Yeah. I don't think we should be complaining. <laughs> we should just, you know, take that and, and be happy to, yeah. to do that, move that. And so if we don't have a fancy club room like somebody has, I don't think we can complain about it, right? And I think that's, you know, trying to go through all of those pieces. And you know what? It's There's the haves and have-nots, sadly, right? Uh, usually and, the have-nots are the small places. Yeah. And, and you'll always have that no matter where you are, wherever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we were at one the other day and, and their fire hall is super old. and But they ripped out a, a big tower out of the middle, uh, like a water tower. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to build an office and a gym. It, it was the first two-story gym I ever went to in a fire hall. Oh. <laughs> they had the, the first of its kind that I've seen, right? Just because it was, they had no space. So they kind of staggered it and, and moved it up and down. But they were still super proud. Yeah. Right. And so I think some of that is what I love is it uh, doesn't matter how big or small, doesn't matter how old or new, right? doesn't matter how much training you have or don't have. We're just proud to serve the public and proud to get out there and, and do those pieces, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. So I think I come to these different areas and, and people always want to know what it's like. And so let's let's do the lightning round. What, what kind of extrication tools do you have? Hurst. Hurst. Okay. Uh, what kind of trucks do you like the best? 
Majority of our trucks are E1. Okay. We do have a Pierce aerial. Okay. Um, and we have an Acres tender. Tank. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of we, spread it around? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they go over tender. Yeah. Um, not always the cheapest price, but we pick what we figure is the best for, for the department. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of bunker gear you guys like? Morning Pride is what we're using now. Okay. Or Honeywell. Hun like Honeywell, yeah. Morning Pride, yeah. same sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, kind of nozzles do you like? TFT. TFT. Those yeah. are your favorites, yeah. eh? Everything is Ford Chev Dodge, eh? And, <laughs> yeah. and so one of the, we were really talking about this last night, which made me think to kind of ask about these different, uh, the questions is, uh, some people are just like, so over the top about certain pieces, right? And I say, oh, well, why do you love that so much? Well, that's all, all we ever had. Oh, okay. Cool. Same reason that I like Chev. <laughs> uh, that one was for Tommy. There you go, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What other things do you have that are kind of unique that you think that... Uh, All of our SCBA or SCBA. MSA. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You got the new ones, the G1s. G1s. Yeah. You love Actually, those? we just got, uh, we just ordered four packs. We'll bring us all up to all the same because we were using the Nighthawks or yeah. whatever. Did, did you get the air packs that have the thermal image camera built no. in? No. So what kind of thermal image cameras do you use? Uh, Dragger. Okay. And we have a couple of the little Seek. The orange Seek yeah. thermal yeah. image camera. What do you think of those? Um, they're okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're... Uh, they're small. Hey? They're small. That's the... Yeah. One of the guys said to me, he said, it'd be perfect if the camera was 90 degrees from the screen. Yeah. So you could actually like be looking out all the time. I'll have to send that in as an idea and, and try and see what we could do about that. But yeah, that's another one that kind of uh, hard to do. Do you guys do medical calls or not that many? We are uh, paramedic requests, MVCs. Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. Uh, you don't end up having to go to the heart attacks and the... Yeah, yeah cardiac down. arrest. Okay, yeah, yeah. you'll do go. Cardiac arrest, paramedic requests, and MVCs. Would be the main. Yeah main ones that you do and over the covid we've limited ourselves through ehs you know they, they would only do so many fit tests and uh luckily enough we've had enough people with that fit test that we can respond yeah so uh, all right how about uh, favorite training course you went to in the last little bit here i know that covid kind of slowed us down so what's your favorite course that you took over the last while Probably FDIC in Indianapolis. Yeah. Anybody that ever gets the chance to go there, it is phenomenal. It's, it's Firefighter Disneyland. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it's almost uh, my son, Patrick, and Tom and I went down. And, of course, the first day you're there, the first time you're there, I think we were there three or four times. Uh, the first time you're there, you just got to see everything. You can't see everything. <laughs> so then the next year we go down and you have to look and see which ones you want to go to. Yeah. But it's, it is just, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It, it was uh, cool. I, I never go to the training sessions. I just kind of take in the conference and yeah. hang out with firefighters. And of course, now with the podcast, I got to record a few podcasts while I'm there. But you got to listen to some of the guys in the different training sessions they went to. And, you know, just the staggering level that they train at there, right? We did one, and I don't remember what it was called. But it was a lawyer in the fire service. And the room was full. It was probably a couple hundred people. In it, I don't know. And he said, any of your fire departments, how many of your fire departments have been sued? And I'm looking around. Honest to God, 80% of the people had their hands up. 
Yeah. Well, it's because it's U.S., right? Oh my, so. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's scary. What are you sued over and what did you do? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you get in Canada, it's hard to wrap your head around it. Right, like I've been through some of the costliest disasters in Canadian history, mm. and uh, we only ever got sued once out of all of that, and and it was just a move by a group of people to, you know, so instead of their insurance company paying for it, someone else's insurance yeah. company, yeah. it wasn't. We never had to go to court. It wasn't really a thing, and you know, we kind of laughed about it because that's the only time in thirty-two years I even had to deal with that. Right, mm. and I guess uh, the coolest part, again, going back to Indy. Of course, we were wearing our station wear and stuff, and he walked down the aisles, and and these guys, morning chief, morning chief, you know. And I'm, that respect level that you're unbelievable, unused to, eh? Unused to, yeah. Yeah, again, that's kind of more U.S. driven, right? But uh, the the bars definitely mean something down yes, there, do. no question about it, right? Yeah. And if you needed a hand with anything, they'd be happy to be there. And and I, and for me, like FDIC is just about like the hundreds or thousands of different fire departments, I guess, that represented there, right? Uh, from different countries mm-hmm. and different languages. And, you know, it's it's almost overpowering, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You, you got to go a few times just to understand the yes. scope of what you're seeing. Yeah. We, we went last year and it was a, a bit smaller, right? There's well, still 30,000 people came and, and I think the trade show was about 25% smaller. It still took us two whole days to walk through every single thing. Right? Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah. uh, you know, the size of it is compared to, you know, the Maritime Fire Chiefs or yeah. or uh, FDIC Atlantic yeah. or some of these smaller places. Yeah. It's just, uh, th- those are still big and oh, yeah. there's lots of people there. But compared to FDIC, you just can't, right? Yeah. Like you say, that is the Disneyland of, of firefighters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we went last year and there were still 50 trucks there right? 50 fire trucks in one place for us to look at, jump inside, right? Different colors, kinds, shapes, sizes, you know, ladder trucks, 125 feet up in the air, spraying around and, you know, every new, everything, you know? Uh, If you, if it's made and it's got anything to do with fire service, it's there. 100%. It's crazy. Well, I got to tell you, thanks for having us today. Well, enjoy it. Right. Enjoy the talk. It's, uh, always love stopping in here. I know that I'm going to go right out to the bay and take a bunch of pictures <laughs> and shoot them out tonight on socials. So thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. You're more than welcome. 46 years. Thanks for that. Right. 21 years as chief. I don't, in chief years, that's like forever. I I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So appreciate you, well, man. I appreciate the time. Nice to see you again. When and if you're ever bound, you're more than welcome in this I, I always, I'm always going to come to the valley. Come on, yeah. check this out. So thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Growing Up Fire today. Follow me on Instagram at Chief Coots to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.